Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm holding in my hand here a check for $10 million. It's true. I'll show it to you after the service if you want. I don't remember why I got it. I don't remember what conversation I was having. But when I was at the seminary, a fellow student wrote me this check for $10 million. A real check from a real bank with signed and everything. Of course, I didn't try to cash it. You and I both know seminarians are poor. They don't give money. We give money to them to support them. He could write me all the checks in the world, give me all the promises in the world, but he knew and I knew he couldn't deliver on them. He knew and I knew this check for $10 million wasn't even worth the paper it was written on. Well, that's how the Jews heard Jesus. In the gospel today, they hear Jesus say, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Yeah, right. There's a lot of people in this world, Jesus. And you're saying, whoever comes to me, which means all who come to me, even if it's the whole world, you'll feed them. You'll care for them. You, one of the poorest people in this city. You just going to write him a check, Jesus? A check for 10 million denarii to cover it? And then Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Again, yeah, right, Jesus. You're not only going to give us life now, but eternal life too? Who do you think you are? Moses died. Abraham died. All the great prophets died. Your own father died. But you, you came down from heaven, huh? Not from Nazareth. Not from Mary and Joseph. And you say you can give life from heaven. Really? Well, to quote an old movie, Jesus... Your ego's writing checks your body can't cash. Except he could. He had built an impressive resume, not only having just fed the 5,000, but the healings, the exorcisms, the power over nature. He was consistently being challenged, and he consistently met every challenge. His teaching amazed all who heard him and befuddled all who challenged him. And now he was doing it again. Amazing and challenging words. Words the likes of which had never been uttered before. No wonder they had trouble understanding him. As do we. Let's be honest. When what Jesus says challenges what we think. 
when what Jesus says challenges the status quo. When his truth is so different than what the world says is true. When what Jesus promises seems impossible. When he says things like what we heard today about being the living bread from heaven, about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, we struggle with that too. Our sinful nature pushes back. Doubts, wonders, and some Christians flat out deny what he said here. It can't be. It can't be true. It just can't be. So Jesus got pushed back that day in Capernaum. And by the end of the day, all but the twelve, it seems, left shaking their heads and scratching their heads. It can't be. It can't be true. It just can't be. They knew hunger. They knew thirst. They knew life and death. How could these things not be? They knew Jesus. They knew his parents. How could he say he came down from heaven? How could he claim God as his father? And then when they see him die on the cross, see, he can't give life. He can't even save his own life. And then he did. And that impressive resume of his, the Jews were right, it would have meant nothing had Jesus not risen from the dead. That empty tomb and the living body and blood of Jesus made all the difference in the world. That what he promises, even life after death, he can deliver. And he will deliver. Whoever comes to him will never hunger. Whoever believes in him will have eternal life. The manna in the wilderness and the bread and fish that fed the 5,000 sustained life until death. But the bread of Jesus, the bread from heaven, sustains life through death and to life again. So if you want life, don't go to Moses or to anyone else, don't go to the law, or to anyone who says, here is the list of things you must do to have eternal life, even if that list is short. The life you need, only Jesus can give. So come to me, Jesus says, so we do. We come to him in faith when we repent, when we read and hear his word when we bring our children to be baptized, when we come to his table to eat his body and blood, and that's good. That's good. What's not is when we also turn away from him. When in our weird, sinful, spiritual schizophrenia, we come to him and turn to him one moment and then turn away from him the next. When we do one thing on Sunday mornings and then something else during the week. When we turn to other things that we think will give us life or the kind of life we think we need and want. When we are swayed away from God's truth by what the world says. And then this too. Not just when we're not afraid to sin. 
But when we're afraid not to sin, let me say that one again. Not just when we're not afraid to sin and turn away from Jesus, but when we're afraid not to sin. Because that happens too. When we're afraid that if I do not do this sin, if I do not do this thing, if I do not go along, I will lose my friends. I will lose this pleasure. I will lose this thing that I want. I will lose this life that I've worked so hard to achieve. So you sin. Because you're afraid not to. So you sin because you think your life is in your hands. And forget or disbelieve the promises of Jesus. So you sin and and what do you get? This kind of life is like the hurdles in the Olympic track competition that maybe you've seen some of this week. Except there's no end to this race. And always another hurdle to clear. So okay, you kept your friends. Until the next thing they want you to do. And you receive some pleasure. You got that thing you wanted until the next one comes along. You cleared that hurdle. And then there's another. And another, and another, always another, always until you wear out, fall down, and die. That's what sin is. That's what sin does. It keeps moving the bar. It keeps setting up another hurdle, always demanding more. And so too, with Moses and the law that the Jews kept looking to, to save them, there's no end to that race. There's always another sacrifice. There's always more good works to do. There's always more prayers to pray. There's always striving to have a stronger faith, a greater faith, a better faith. But you're always striving and never arriving. There's no finish line. Because the finish line for eternal life is perfection. And you can't reach that. You've already dropped that baton. And been disqualified. But that Easter morning. That was Jesus clearing the final hurdle. The hurdle of death. And finishing the race. A race he didn't need to run. But which he came and ran for us. To get us to the finish line too. With him. Therefore, the life you need, he has for you. So come to me, Jesus says. Come to me. Rely on me. Believe in me. And even though sin will always remain part of the Christian's flesh and life, Jesus sees to it that it does not harm us in him. Though we stumble, he forgives. Though we turn away from him, he never turns away from us. Though we die, yet shall we live. That is his promise. That is his gift. He is that kind of bread that can give that kind of life. That's why Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will not cast out. And it's why he didn't say, whoever doesn't sin. He's greater than that. 
He came for sinners and wants sinners to come to him. The Jews wanted him to cast out the sinners. They were offended when he hung out with them and ate with them, but he insisted. Because he would not cast out any who came to him. That is why he came for sinners, for you and me. He came to forgive and give life. That's his promise. So the danger of sin is that turning to it, we're turning away from Christ. And little by little, and turning to sin more and more, and turning to Christ less and less, drifting away, being seduced, believing falsehood, until we have left the kingdom altogether, so infirmly trenched in sin we have become. And that can even be good-looking sin. Sin isn't always what everybody knows is sin. Sin can look good. Sin brings the world's accolades at times that you're good, you're brave, you're courageous, you're strong, you're successful, you're bold, and more, when really all we are is broken and fearful sinners in need of a life that our sin can't give us. Come to me, Jesus says, I will. I will give it to you. I will speak it in your ears. I will pour it on your head. I will put it in your mouths. As often as you come, it will never run out. When you're thirsty, I will give you drink. When you're hungry, I will feed you. When you're dying, I will give you life. These are spiritual truths. Though they spill over into our earthly lives as well, you can't divide the two. What you believe will also affect what you hunger and thirst for in this world and life. Where you go, what you do, and what you look for. To hear Jesus' words and think only of this world and life, like the Jews who heard Jesus so often did, like so many in the world today often do, even us at times, is trying to fit the square peg of Jesus in the round hole of the world. He's concerned for us in this world and life, yes. But so much more. So that day in the wilderness, yes, he fed them. But he wanted to feed them so much more. He wanted to feed them with himself. So he uses this miracle, John says, as a sign. A sign pointing to something even greater. So he catechizes them. He teaches them on the true bread, on the true life, and on their true Savior. That we eat and not die. That we eat and live forever. That we find life and food and drink and forgiveness and hope in him. For he came from heaven with all these gifts. And he says, for you. So come to me, Jesus says, and you did. You came here today. You came with your sins, with your fear, with your failures. You came with all the times you turned away and fell on your face this week. With your weakness, with your doubts, with your troubles. You came with your brokenness with your troubled marriages, with your strained friendships, with your disobedience, 
You came with all the hurdles you knocked over this week, with questions about your future and worries about your children and worries about yourself. You came with your dissatisfaction, with your confusion, and with everything else that you carried in with you today. You came hungering and thirsting for something more, something better, something that you need that you can't get or do or achieve. And you came to the right place. Here is the bread of life. The bread you need for the life you need. Feed on his forgiveness. Feed on his word. Feed on his body and blood. And leave knowing that whatever it is you came in here with stays here and dies here with Jesus. And you leave with his life and freedom. And that's a check you can take to the bank. For whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. So it really is true what Jesus said. And it really is true what the psalmist said. And we sang in the intro it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.